2: When you get in the situation there's eight teams left, every team is good. And I'd say all of them have really good defenses, too. So there's no cakewalks. There's no easy games. Um, It comes down to execution and and the little things that we talk about all the time. You know, we always talk about starting fast. We've done a good job at that scoring on the first possession of many games this season, uh, which would definitely uh, help us on on, uh, Saturday. But we know it's going to be a a game that's going to go the distance.
3: That's Aaron Rodgers. Packers quarterback, you didn't need me to tell, to tell you that, but I'm a professional radio host, that's what I do. Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, the fan and time now to welcome in our Green Bay football insider embedded up there in Green Bay. It is Mike Clemens. Mike, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Pretty good. Um, so the Lions, hi, this is, Brad, uh, is it
4: Holmes. Uh, from uh, He's the college scouting guy from the Rams. Guy's been there with less need to build up these you know, really good Rams rosters the last couple of years. He's the new general manager of the Lions. He's the one that will begin the search for the new head coach. So just, you know, another connection the week you're playing the Rams. Now you're going to be seeing a guy from their front office, you know, for the next couple of years, twice a year uh, in the NFC North. I'm doing good. I got a story here that's uh, kind of taken off on my Twitter. Um, I, you know, having Jared Valdeer, this offensive tackle that you had on the team last year, fill in for Balaga against Seattle, and people in the offseason say, well, just bring that guy back. And then you can, you know, have him start until you bring up some of your younger prospects that can uh, take over at right tackle. Um, the guy plays in the game for the Colts against the Bills. He gets to Green Bay. Uh, he goes through the testing, and he practices on Tuesday. It was a walk-through practice, but, you know, we see him hitting – teammates holding pads. Okay, so then Wednesday, we assume that maybe that's when a test came back positive, but listen very carefully to Aaron Jones, running back, who talked about, you know, he's excited for this game. He's excited that his whole family can finally see a game. It means a lot to him for his family to be up from El Paso. They haven't seen a game since last year. Listen to him very carefully what he says when we were asked, how concerned were you when you found out one of your teammates that was out there in the practice field has tested positive for COVID?
2: Um, I don't think it was too many worries. You know, we do a great job here of um, making sure we're distancing ourselves, uh, wearing our trackers, wearing our masks. And uh, he actually notified the trainers, I, I believe, before he started feeling sick. So uh, he helped He helped a lot in getting in front of that. So our, our training staff do a great job of staying on top of everything and make sure we're staying healthy and being able to go out there.
5: That is interesting, Mike. It it really is. He
4: he said that, you know, the guy sort of, so maybe like a loss of taste, loss of smell, you know, something wasn't quite right. So he goes immediately to flee. That's the nickname of the guy that's the trainer. And, and, and now he's starting to feel sick. So that means this ain't going to be a false positive. He's fighting something and he tested Mm -hmm. positive and, so, you know, he's home in quarantine, and these tracers, guys, you know, you walk into work at, at, at Green Bay, you get your coffee at 6 o'clock, 6.15, you're going to go and wait, lift weights, and the first thing you, they do is they swab you, and then they take your temperature and you check off some things, and then you've got, you've got your mask on, and then they put that little tracer on you. And what I think is interesting is, you know, you spend the rest of the day, you don't want your tracer to beep to go off. Because if some guy beeps you, and later he tests positive, you're going to be in contact. So you spend the whole day making sure your tracer doesn't go off.
5: Isn't that weird? That's that's crazy. And and so now we move on to the post Jared Valdir era, uh, if there is such a thing here. <laughs> and and the offensive offensive line. I mean Wagner, uh, Billy Turner, guys like that. Gonna have to step up, Mike.
4: Well, and Rick Wagner has been limited all week. He's been dealing with a, a, a knee the last couple of weeks. He got ready for the Bears game, and people, you now if he goes down, I think I think they're going to move Elton Jenkins from left guard to right tackle, and then they'll bring in the John Runyon kid to maybe play you know, left guard or something, something like that. I think that's what they would do because they've done that before. I don't think it's Josh Nyman or whatever. You know, the Valdeer thing would have been nice in case Wagner – gets hurt. So you're going to be you know crossing your fingers on that. But Rami, you were up in Green Bay with me a couple of times. You know the, the media auditorium, right? Yeah. It's like the size of a small cineplex movie theater. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so uh, since we're not down there on the first floor where the players and the coaches are uh, during this COVID uh, situation, they've been using our media auditorium as a place where they can have the offensive line meetings. And Billy Turner, you know, God bless this guy, going from right guard, right tackle, and now left tackle for the rest of the run with Bakhtiari out for the year with the ACL. Uh, and Bakhtiari, by the way, he is in the building, and he's helping Billy Turner or any of his other guys, you know, even though I don't know if he's had the surgery yet or awaiting it, whatever. Um, and Lane Taylor's still showing up to the building too, even though, you know, he's recouping from his ACL from, was a week one against the Vikings, but you asked Billy Turner about just how strict are the Packers COVID spacing rules when they're in that media auditorium as a classroom with the 10 or so offensive linemen and
2: coaches. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very spread out. So I don't even know if it's two people for row. I mean, you can't get anywhere near the closest person to you without getting up and walking towards them. So Thank goodness that it is a giant room, um but yeah, I mean, like I said, they're very, very strict about the protocols here in Green Bay at our facility, so in all of our meetings, regardless of the room, you know there's definitely a minimum of probably ten feet between people, even though I know they say six feet, but you know they're taking those extra risk and that extra precaution so When you do get into a situation like this with somebody like Jared, you have that distance in between and, you know, your little tracker thing is not going off and beeping because you're too close to somebody. So, like I said, kudos to Flea and his staff for taking those extra steps and those extra precautions, because without that, we could be in hot water right now.
3: Yeah. And so far is so good. And I don't know when, when they're out of hot water yet and everything is all clear because everything I saw yesterday, Mikey, that where they were saying that nobody else is is on the list, nobody else is at risk. They all ominously ended the sentence with "for now" or yeah. "now." What you know what? So it, it could change, but but we'll see. Mike, we were talking earlier today about an article at the uh, the Athletic talking about Robert. I Tunyan heard that and during his, the two that The the line in it that I love, where they're talking about eight- and nine-foot concrete forms that he's hauling back and forth while they're building his grandfather's house as a teenager, yeah. and they say that the Tunyon men are known for being strong enough to move things that machines are made to move, so it wasn't difficult for Rob. You read that, and it's not even surprising that this guy now holds the record for Packers tight ends and, and touchdown catches. Like, that... That's a man right there. That's no, a grown-ass man right I, I, there. And I heard
4: that interview during the turnicle 2 o'clock hour here in the office. It was awesome. And the thing about it is this. Um, when I saw this touchdown that Rodgers threw to Robert Tunyon, uh, that was the first score uh, in the Bears game, I said, that is money. Now, this is signature. This is like the Lombardi sweep. This is like, you know, Lynn Dickey to James Lofton. This is like Brett Favre to driver. This is like... Aaron Rodgers back shoulder throw Jordy Nelson. It's 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 Rodgers at the line. He's got Aaron Jones, great running back behind him. He's got Lazard going motioning from left to right. He's got Devontae Adams. I don't know if it was in the slot, but running across. Uh, he's got Mercedes Lewis out there at tight end with sure hands. And the thing about Rodgers was after the play action fake and this back this pre snap motion, he's got five guys that are going to go out for and he's in, he's in sync with all of them. There's just a, a synchronicity there with the pre-stamp motion, and now what's going to happen to play. And on the back end is Tunyon running along the backside, something that you saw LaFleur working with these guys in the first OTAs, you know, two years ago, make this easy catch, make it look easy. And I think that's the one where he surpassed Paul Kaufman for most touchdowns. And I asked Bobby Tunyon about that TD catch against the Bears at set that
2: franchise record? I don't know. It was nice. You know, you have, you know, the personnel that we had out there with all these playmakers out there, you know, uh, Tay, me, Allen, and Mercedes and Aaron Jones. So those are five guys right there that can all make a play. You know, me and uh, Tay cross, and people got to make a decision. You got Big Dog running down, Aaron to the flat. You got, you know, like I said, me and Tay cross, and, like, people are going to have to make a decision. And Aaron made a great throw, like, with contact and, yeah just goes to show you you know we are all on you know the same page and it is it is nice to be in that situation but uh you know, we got guys across the board that can make plays so you just kind of got to be ready for
5: them yeah pretty pretty impressive mike and and on the uh, other side of the ball you know they, they like to get cam acres who uh is an up-and-comer and has been on a little bit of a run here but they like to get him outside a little bit in space um, you know, they've got their Malcolm Browns in the middle and and, and Henderson, but, but Cam Akers is kind of a do-it-all sort of back. How does uh, Green Bay's defense combat that?
4: The reason they think they've improved their run defense, Tim, is because they finally had to get in the face of their outside linebackers and say, you've got to hold the edge, not because you're a pass rusher, but because you're a run stuffer. You've got to keep these guys from doing the outside zone, the perimeter runs, like you say, like, McVeigh likes to use in, And if you can shut that down, like you shut down Derrick Henry, then you make them one-dimensional with a quarterback that's got a broken thumb and he's trying to throw to you know, Cooper Cup and the bursitis in the knee and Robert Woods. You make them one-dimensional. And so you talk to Mike Smith, and how he had to put the hammer down was Zadarius and Rashawn Gary, who's really your number two now, and Preston Smith it's about being more demanding to his guys to get them to stop the run outside.
0: The film never lies. Wherever you put on that film, that's who you're gonna be. And around this around this league, you don't wanna be known as somebody that that's not a violent person. This is a violent game. It's just part of just sitting back and looking at it. These guys are grown men. I'm not I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and hold your hand and and, and, and ask you nicely, can you please do it? I'm a you know, I'm not a big screamer, I don't yell all the time. You know, I'm gonna tell you how I see it. I'm not gonna pee on your leg and tell you it's raining. When something's not right, tell them. That's part of that. just being being a coach and being a professional. I'm not, I'm not coaching junior high or high school or even even college kids. These are these are grown men, and, and that's part of this part of this business. You know, you're a reflection of me, and if it's not done, then it's, then it's on me. And so nothing's ever going to be perfect for us. We have our best game, like Tennessee. I thought we freaking rolled off as one of our better games, setting the edges, and I still think we can get a lot better.
3: Yeah, don't want somebody peeing down my leg and telling me it's raining, Mike. That's not something that I've ever asked for, nor will I ever ask for. One of the big storylines in this one is uh, Matt LaFleur. He comes off the suddenly, well, quickly became a, a large Sean McVay coaching tree, and now he goes up against his former his former buddy and mentor. Did you get a chance to ask him about that, Mikey?
4: Well, I did because, you know, after their time to get at the Redskins, now McVay becomes the head coach. He brings along Matt LaFleur to be his offensive coordinator. And it's game four of the preseason in twenty seventeen when he's a rookie head coach McVay. And he says to Matt, Okay, go ahead. You can call the plays tonight. Now they they both say they love each other like brothers, but they do a lot of fighting. They have a lot of, you know, conflicts as to how things should be done. Now they lost guess where that game was? Lambeau Field. It was Rams and the Packers. Mm. They had they had Dan Orlowski as the quarterback there for the fourth preseason game for the Rams versus some guy named Taysom Hill, who scored a touchdown and ran some balls there in the end, and they stuck with, don't get me started. So anyway, we asked Matt LaFleur if he remembers uh, calling the plays that night against the Packers.
6: Yeah, I I do remember that. Uh, I I, want to say, um, were we here? Yeah. Yeah. So... It was uh, just, you know, a great opportunity that, that uh, he allowed me to do that. And I think I had called it early in the year in uh, like a second half of a game. You know, he he might have second guessed a few calls <laughs> here and there, but that's that's par for the course, because I would always get him sometimes as well.
4: You know, something um, I was amazed by something Devonte said about how Aaron Rodgers younger players will come up to me and he'll say, just follow my lead. Don't be nervous. It's going to be okay. But that at times you see Aaron Rodgers need a look from Mercedes or Devante, like, like he needs a little boost in confidence. And I just thought about your role. You know, if you get you're trying to get your players to be kind of a buddy system or what is it, what does a head coach do to challenge these guys to put in so many hours to prepare them, but at the same time, give them that confidence when they hit the field.
6: Yeah, I think that just comes with the work that you put in and stressing all the good things that each individual has done this year. And I do think that what's great about football is I think naturally, whether you're a coach or your player, you do put pressure on yourself because you want to go out there and perform well. But if you kind of take a step back and look around and see how many other guys are out there with you, it alleviates some of that. So uh, it's always great to have veteran leadership like Aaron, like Devante Mercedes, Corey Lindsley. I, I could go on and on and on, you know, Zadarius Smith. We've had a lot of guys that have gone through played in, in big games, played in playoff games. So that always is comforting, especially for guys that are going to go out and, and play for the first time in a playoff game. Uh, naturally there, there are going to be a little bit more nerves because there's a finality to, to all of this. If, if you don't get the job done, but certainly, um, you know, that's never on our mind. Our our mindset is to go out there and, and prepare to the best of your ability. And that with that comes that confidence.
3: That's Matt LaFleur, and that's our hit with Mike Clemens. Catch him every Tuesday and Thursday here on Rami and Tim, brought to you by Jim Dandy's on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Watch the Green Bay games at Jim Dandy's with $2 domestic taps, $3 rails, and $4 imports, plus free food at halftime. Check him out at JimDandy'sGrill.com, and check out Mike's work at am1250thefan.com, our Facebook page, and he is on Twitter at NFL. Always a pleasure, Mikey. We'll talk next week, and uh, hopefully... Have more Packers football to talk about, my friend.
4: Thanks, Rami. Thanks, Tim.
3: And he joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and it has you feeling anxious, well, just breathe, meditate like I keep telling you, and then let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,